0: Hi, welcome to Unscripted by Twine. I'm Diana Rao and I'm your host. In this podcast, my guests choose from a library of deep and thought-provoking questions, and we just talk about it for 15 or 20 minutes. Our hypothesis is that as long as we choose meaningful questions, we'll end up in a conversation worth having. As Carl Sagan says, we make our world significant by the courage of our questions and the depth of our answers. Ready? Let's go. Okay, I am so excited to welcome my friend Lara today. We're just going to dive straight in. Uh, we have about 25 minutes, so we're going to get going. Um, so, Lara, tell us about what a what what's a formative experience that you don't often talk about. I love that question, and um, so, Dinah, you and I. I don't know if we've ever had a casual conversation, <laughs> or. <laughs> and so. so this is very familiar to me to have a conversation like this, and you dive right in. Uh, what comes to mind first, and that's I like to go with things that just pop, uh, because uh, you know they're somewhere in your consciousness and they're calling out to be to be released. Um, You know, I I was actually telling, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, my son is seven tomorrow, and he wants to know a lot about what mom was like as a child. So there's tons and tons and tons of stories that are just kind of popping right now. And a story that came to mind first, because I told it to my son the other day, was a story about overcoming fears and realizing you can do more than you think you can do, which I think is just like such a powerful life lesson. It was a story about when I was in high school. So not super young, but young enough. And I was on a trip actually in the, um, I was uh, in Ar- in uh, Arizona actually. Um, wow, which is, really uh, yeah, beautiful um, going, uh, hiking down the Grand Canyon. And there at the bottom and it's absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous area. Um, there's this incredibly beautiful waterfall and it's really, really, really stunningly clear water and little pools and and lots of people, do, uh, people who live there, um, people who travel there, uh, are, swim there and bring their families there. There's also people, uh, cause it's like this sheer red, cliff on the side, either side of the waterfall you climb up and yeah. dive down the waterfall. Um, and for whatever reason, um, a few of us decided to kind of scale up the side of the waterfall. And I did that as a child or a teenager, young teenager, um, and realized I got up pretty far, about halfway, maybe about like three stories, 30 feet, uh, and realized that I was absolutely overcome with fear. Like I, there, there was, I was just paralyzed and I realized that I couldn't figure out how to get more up. It was like climbing a wall and I was not an expert rock climber. The only way down was to jump. That was also mm. absolutely frightening to me. Um, so I was stuck and you know what happens to our body in these stuck moments, fight, flight, freeze. Um, and so I had to do something. Um, it was slippery. It was wet. My heart was beating. Uh, and, and I knew that lots of other people had been able to dive. And so I knew that, that it was likely safe. And there weren't rocks right below me, even though the water was clear. It was like from where I was, it was, you couldn't really see the bottom. Um, and so I took a deep breath and, and just did it. And it's, you know, it's pretty high, 30 feet. And um, it was the scariest thing, but I've never felt such a rush afterwards. Uh, and those are the moments that I wish I could bottle, which is like, wow, I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you can push yourself past your limits, those are the moments where you kind of realize your potential. And I think those are what life, like those are like the pearls in our life when we realize uh, and, and pushed uh, to a, a potential point, um, even though it wasn't about athleticism or, or smarts or figuring out a problem that, that pushed the world forward. It was just really about my own limits and, and overcoming fear. And I do think that fear grips our, life, um, our lives in so many ways, ways we recognize, ways we don't. And so when we have moments where we remember that we can push past fear, it becomes uh, a really important tool for us. Do you, I, I love that story. Do you actively seek out fear now because of that experience or other experiences? I don't now, but I wish I did more of that. I think that um, I was listening to a podcast the other day about this person whose life was defined by experiments that he just comes mm. up with. He's like, oh, I feel like getting married so literally he went and got married to someone he was dating. Oh, I feel like living on just things I need. And so he spent a year just mm-hmm. living on things he need. Oh, I want to be in a really academic environment. And so like, it's like such a free spirit. Um, I don't, but I was inspired by that podcast to kind of think about what are some experiments that I can employ in my own life uh, that are more deliberate and defined and proactive. What about you? Do you, have any- do, you do that? uh yeah yes um remember so there was this time period when i was doing these like better experiments it was better every day in some way yes and i now i love that at the edge right so, so you know and the, the, those were sometimes physical things those were sometimes mental things emotional stretches whatever you want to call it actively seeking out fear more and more yes um just because oh. just because i think life in in startup world especially, has already thrown so many like terrible seeming situations
1: Mm. that
0: what you find is like on the other side, um, you're stronger. And every time something horrible happens that you think is like a horrible situation that's very difficult or challenging, in the moment it sucks. But on the other side, you're like, I got through that and I'm stronger and I'm better for it. I actually wouldn't lose that situation. If I could wipe my memory, I still wouldn't choose to do it and after having enough of those experiences you just start seeking out fear because it's like um that seneca quote right it's in times of peace prepare for war like i feel like that all the time and whenever it's peacetime there's such i mean i think knowing where fear lies is what allows you to be so grateful for the peace when it exists and the contentment and the joy because like when that's there it becomes super evident like wow i love it's peace time, it's amazing right now, there are no challenges, and we're so grateful for this moment, before war strikes, but when war strikes, it's like, coming out of the other side, you're going to be so much stronger, so I think I used to be more afraid of those areas of fear, times of fear, and now it's less so that. Um, yeah, if we yeah. can normalize fear as um, as, a, as a tool, as opposed to having very few ways to manage it, then, I imagine how we'd all act differently. Um, my mom used to say to me growing up, fear means go. And she would describe um, a traffic light. Mm. By, and off, you know, not the fear where you have to protect yourself, right? That's a that's, uh, grave fear. That, that's like, <laughs> you know, um, keeping safe. Um, that, not that kind of fear, but the fear where you're doing things that um, are, are risky um, for your self-image or, you know, things that you don't know if you can achieve it. That's the kind of when you feel it. Instead of saying "oh, stop," actually, can you re-create a pot, neural pathway in your brain that you're like smartly go forward, right? And so that's awesome etched into my brain, um, and something that I think is like a nice, nice kind of shortism to remember in the moment. Fear means go. I love that uh, so much, so much. Okay, fear means go. Um, what do you think? Should we tackle another one? Do you have time? Do sure. Have time? And then and then, uh, and then, I'd love to ask you a question, Diana. And thr- okay. thr- the <laughs> turn the tables. Turn the tables, I should say. Um, ter- you've already started turning the tables because it's you. Like, I, <laughs> it's just impossible for you not to turn the tables. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I love this one. What's the one thing that people most misunderstand about you? Uh, yeah, that's such a great question. Um, Oh, I love that question. You know what I would say to that is that I I realize more and more that, and and of course, this is probably obvious to so many people, uh, but what I've realized recently is that uh, people see you or me through their own lens. So the stuff that people might misunderstand is a combination of how I show up in the world and how they show up in the world. So you're never really kind of like this pure independent thing. It's always this woven tapestry of intermingling um, and the complexity that comes with like my stuff, my preferences, my personality, their stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And so as a result of that, I think there's, misunderstandings that happen I, I wouldn't even characterize them as misunderstandings because it's like someone else's interpretation of their truth of you and so mm-hmm. there and, and like at the end of the day what does that really mean um, so so I don't mean to get existential here but it's 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 kind of the way I've been navigating um, relationships and and to me misunderstandings are opportunities to just talk about things uh, so um, I would say um, the thing that I've heard, you know, I, I, I think you know the sign up, but I, I I like to do what's called a 720 every so often. You know, in 360 in business where you get your peer, your boss, the people who uh, you might manage uh, all to provide input. Um, in I like to do anonymous surveys every, every so often with people I know um, just to get feedback because I think it's helpful. Um, but I like, but it's 720 because I like to do another lap or in an, another lap and another lap around the circle. So I'm, um, maybe my grade school teacher I'm, I'm in touch with, maybe a former boss, maybe my closest friend from, from, uh, college, maybe, um, like a former, um, boyfriend, right? <laughs> like, and get their feedback because like, isn't that, isn't that the, 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 the tapestry that is not the full tapestry of, of who you are, not just how you show up in like one context, but how you show up in multiple contexts and different points in your life. And it gets to sh- it shows you the evolution. I think one thing that comes up that's interesting for me is that I, and I realized this later in life that I really, really, really like one-on-one and I don't know I like um, groups, but I think people assume that I'm a group person. So that, was just, that was a long way of answering at the end what <laughs> your direct <wrecked> question <laughs> uh what I love okay uh, we have I think we vaguely touched on 720s before but I love this how so I'm just curious about the 720 how many yeah so how first I have all these questions about who you decided to put into your 720 tapestry and, yeah. how, and how many people are there like why did you so was this just like a what was the process for that? Was there even a process for it, or was it just who came to mind? Yeah. So I, for me, it was an it was actually experiment. Speaking of experiments, I I was I knew it was gonna be anonymous, so I wanted to ask people who I felt like they just had such an interesting perspective on me, and they had met me in a particular time in my life um, that. I wanted their feedback, like their their smarts, their wisdom, the the um or some of the challenges that we experienced as as a duo um might be interesting. And then the whole point is to ask them, and you don't know who does it and who doesn't do it, right? You ask, I think I my I think 15 people did it the last time I did it. And maybe I asked 20 something. Um and um then the whole idea for me was reading it which was actually kind of it was hard for a moment but then i clicked down and i looked at it again recently and i was like oh this is so cool um is to look for mm-hmm. the patterns across it's actually what's really important is not what they say it's what your reaction is to what they say and then looking for patterns across what people say because you're like oh not that that's the truth but that's an interpretation that seems to be common um, yeah, I, I, really feel like as a life practice, it's helpful to, to get that kind of feedback because like we're except in more evaluative formats, AKA job performance reviews or a test on an exam that's really testing your knowledge or how you write. We don't actually get that much kind of direct feedback that's unless in, it's like a trouble point in a conflict with your life partner or with your child or whatever. Um, that allows you to grow in a way that is stripped of something that you're striving to do societally like graduate or advance in your role and so it does have some element of quote unquote purity to it um that i don't know it's for those who like who are interested in growing and developing it's an interesting tool that's super easy to do right it took me what 15 minutes to create a (laughs) A document a survey send it out to people people were intrigued by it some other people did it for themselves you know can like pass on oh wait what okay now i have to do you remember what questions were in the 720 survey for you and did you design yeah. your own questions or did you I pull did. off a template i did okay. let's see you made your own. i think there's wow. some okay. typical yeah there are some typical questions like where have you, when you see me thriving describe the situation and i think the other one question that I thought was the most revealing was um, when have you seen me not my best? Like very open-ended. When have you seen me not at my best? Like, um, and then what, another question was, what would you recommend? In your opinion, what would you recommend I, I do to advance to, 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 th- to, to, to thrive more or something like that? I don't think I said advance. To thrive more and so it was really interesting to hear people had suggestions you know it's through their lens you know people like meditation or some people are like you know it just like is so varied um and and yeah and just very really caring but also not kind of full of fluffery <laughs> uh which is has a time and a place for sure it was very much um constructive and genuinely tried to get people generally went there to help me kind of look at what they perceived as my blind spots um, at a particular point in in life. And like some of them, again, like I asked like former teachers and literally an ex-boyfriend, like, you know, it was people who, who knew me at really different points in different ways. So that was cool. Okay. Now I, so we, we grow and transition and change so much over our lifetime. So it becomes super interesting to me that you go so far back Mm-hmm. right to uh, as to because because I'm almost I'm almost nervous to if I were to do this like I'd be nervous to go so so much back into my teenage years because I feel like I was somewhat of a different person as a teenager than I am now yeah um, yeah and a lot There's of those that character characters have hopefully yeah. since yeah well so I, I'm curious like what were the common threads that you found when you started weaving back into these experiences yeah. the versions of you that were way earlier on than what yeah, like literally every year we're growing, right? Every single day we're growing. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me explain. The teachers knew me now too. So mm-hmm. it was actually not just a moment in time; it was an evolution. Um, so I, it didn't mm-hmm. really span back and then get frozen there. Um, Got it. I, you know, people's memory, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I walked away with um, was to 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 be bigger to to it's it's funny um one of my favorite words for a long time was bold the word bold, and (laughs) walking away from reading it again recently I was like oh I I somehow need to incite more boldness um somehow some way um I've, I've I've lost that little spark or or, or never fully had it, um, to kind of, you know, I would say you're bold, Diana, (laughs) you have it, (laughs) (laughs) and it it inspires me, it really does, Uh, and so that, that was my takeaway, okay, can I ask you a question? Yes. Can I, can I switch (laughs) gears, and just, again, like, because I saw this on someone's, um, someone posted this yesterday, and I, and I really loved it. So I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, It's a Don O'Donohue, who's a poet uh, quote. And then I'm gonna ask you a question about the quote. The question, the quote is, a threshold is a line that separates two territories of spirit. And very often how we cross is the key thing. A threshold is a line that separates two territories of spirit and very often, how we cross is the key thing. What thresholds are you crossing? Mm-hmm. Thinking. What an interesting question. Because it's are you crossing and not have you crossed, which makes it an That's active right. form, right? Very, um, very good point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so what threshold am I crossing? You can also answer what threshold do you want to cross or what threshold have you crossed if, that's, if something pops more. Yeah, I think for most recent crossing and most significant recent crossing, well, this actually this is interesting to me because what it means is I, need to spend, I've actually, I want to spend some time thinking about what threshold I do want to cross because it's not clear in my mind right now. Still yeah, the new frame for sort of um, uh, not necessarily goal setting, but destination, sort of calibrating destination. So I'm going to think back and actually let's have a conversation about the threshold threshold. we want to cross. I think in terms of thresholds, very recently crossed Mm -hmm. the threshold from, um, it's it's kind of like my threshold from external energy seeking and extrovertism to Mm -hmm. introvert. I I feel like I've become an introvert like it's actually kind of an interesting thing I don't think I'm actually an introvert (laughs) I don't even know if that's the right construct anymore um I think the threshold that I've crossed (coughs) is one where I enjoy being alone and not only enjoy being alone yes and that's a big threshold because that's like a 29 year threshold of like Mm -hmm. the past 29 years I didn't like being alone not only that, but never, ever met the version of me that lived inside of me, and so I think uh, that's a pretty big threshold, and so, I mean, when I'm in yoga, we're doing shavasana, one thing I always do is, um, uh, I I think about a lot of people, like, I'll I just meditate on all the people in my life, and they'll come and visit me on shavasana, that's a whole different thing, but um, I also visit myself, and I think, right, and it's almost like there's, I was never cognizant of the fact that there was someone living inside me that was me, and that person was worth talking to, like the way that I talk to other people. Like I think you know, like it's it's the way that we find other humans so fascinating and worth investing our time into. And I think the threshold crossed was, wow, I'm worth talking to too, and spending a lot of time with, you know. And also, yes. like right, and the brain, I love that speaking I love like that image. right, and you. I know, and you know, you'll love this because you love laughter in conversations, but like the inner version of Diana is really funny. Like (laughs) I'm really known for pretty intense depth all the time, but not for being really funny. So it's like an internal version of me that's kind of like some blend of semi-Aquafina going on. It's like actually really hilarious. (laughs) I, I don't know, like nobody knows that. I mean, actually the people who are closest to me, like, they're just like, um, Daniel thinks I'm really hilarious. I don't know. I don't know how funny I am, but apparently I'm, like, very, very funny. who <laughs> are very close to you. Like, know, level. I mean, you and I have had this conversation before about self-love. Like, how do we love others if we don't love ourselves? And how do we self-love without knowing ourselves? And how do we know ourselves without, quote talking, <laughs> as you were saying, to ourselves? <laughs> like, it's all, like, a cascade back. Um, I love that image. The threshold of of... What would you call it? What would be the summary? The threshold of. Oh, I it, it is. I think self love is one way to say. It. Um, for me, it's probably the more basic awareness of the existence of the self. <laughs> to start with that. And, yeah. Right, and I think that um, it's an interesting thing because I think. In previous, before I crossed that threshold, conversations were like an energy source. It was like, I need this input, these ideas, this creativity to spark this life. It's almost like life energy. But after crossing that threshold, which happened half a year ago, right? um, This is no longer a need to have, but it's Mm -hmm. what I want. Not a need, but a desire. And so like it's, and then also you can show up differently, right? Once you cross that threshold, you can show up and hold space and really, really like actually listen to the other person versus in the self in and the internal desires to satisfy some internal thing. So yeah, it's been, it's a great- i But now I'm like thinking, what's <laughs> the I, I know you're smiling. I can see you. I love it. Ah, Okay, so our time's up. I know, I would be yeah. thoughtful. You got to jump into a meeting. But um, uh, I'm obsessed with you and I love you. All right, that's you're, it. You're the best. <laughs> okay, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.